Good morning. It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Monday, June 5th, 2023. I'm Robert Woolsey, and this is Raven News. Sitka voters last October approved spending over $8 million in public funds to build a new marine haulout, but even that much money is not quite enough to get the job done. A group of subject matter experts convened on Thursday to run the numbers and to figure out just how much $8 million will buy. $8.2 million seems really doable for a pier and a big machine called a travel lift to pluck boats out of the water. The problem comes when design and environmental permitting costs are accounted for, as well as contingencies. That leaves around $6 million for actual construction of the pier, plus a small boatyard, installation of washdown pads and a water treatment system, and the purchase of the machine, which itself can run over $1 million. So the question becomes, scale back and make something happen now, or look for additional funding to build something that not only works now, but could be expanded to accommodate more and larger boats in the future. There's not enough money on hand to do either, as PND lead engineer Dick Somerville pointed out when he caught a mistake in a spreadsheet. Not a big deal. It's all, it's all over budget anyway. <laughs> Twenty years ago, Wrangell was in a similar position, but counting on a new boatyard to revitalize its economy. Greg Meisner was the Wrangell harbormaster at the time. He's consulting now with PND Engineering on the Sitka project. He was at the table for the Sitka meeting on June 1st, where stakeholders discussed whether to move forward with a desperately needed 150-ton travel lift or plan for something bigger. We had the same mentality, get something in, get it running, make some money, and we'll go from there. But before we even got things built, we realized we needed a bigger machine. We were looking at 100 ton back in the day, then we got to a 150. And what we did realize was the bigger the boat, the more the project is. You pull a gill netter out, the guy's working on it himself, unless someone's doing some major work on the thing. You put a 90-footer in the yard, there's three people working on that thing for some company. That's spinning a lot more revenue into the community, whether it's taxes or your dollar rolling over, whatever it is. So you want that bigger boat. Sitka stakeholders looked at four concepts for a pier, travel lift, and boatyard. Two of them include an extra pier for a future 300-ton travel lift, and one of them, Concept 4, has a somewhat heftier pier for a 150-ton travel lift that could one day be extended to accommodate a 300-ton travel lift. Marine tradesman Jeremy Serka said that a 150-ton machine would cover the vast majority of Sitka's fleet, but he was intrigued by the opportunity for expansion. Sitka Municipal Administrator John Leach reined in the discussion, though, before it strayed too far from the intent of last October's overwhelming vote in favor of a public haul-out and boatyard. The goal was not to be a revenue generator. The goal was to be, uh, we're going to use our citizens' money, their tax dollars, to develop a yard that serves our local fleet and our local fishermen. So if we start talking down the road in, in terms of revenue generation, we know that the smaller pier and the and the 150-ton lift serves, I think by the analysis we've done over the years, it's like 97-some-odd percent of, of the local fleet. Sitka Industrial Park Director Gary White, meanwhile, had his calculator out and was projecting costs. The results suggested that aiming for something a bit better than bare bones would not be a deal breaker. To go from option one, which is the cheapest to go to option four, the difference is about $684,000. And so the question is, 
is it worth the plan for the future for $684,000 to grab those bigger ships? And where to put those boats once they're out of the water? Stakeholders reckoned with the number and location of washdown pads, as well as drainage in the boatyard itself, where, according to municipal engineer Michael Harmon, every drop of water has to be collected and treated. Sitka's industrial park has plenty of room for boats in the 40 to 60 foot range, but grading and storm drains could run over $1 million. Harmon urged stakeholders to think about value trades in the budget and sacrifice some upland development in order to build the needed infrastructure and buy the equipment to haul out boats. The presentation from PND engineers contained columns of numbers, but none of them, unfortunately, added up to the $8.2 million approved by Sitka voters last October. Depending on the options, the project is short anywhere from roughly 4 to $8 million. Administrator Leach said that Senator Lisa Murkowski had included a $2 million earmark for Sitka in an upcoming bill, but whether it will pass is uncertain. He also said the city was applying for grant funding to help close the gap. Nevertheless, PND is moving ahead with geotechnical work, which it hopes to complete by the end of this year. If the environmental permitting works out, and of course, the money, the project could break ground next year and be operational by January 1, 2025. The Gary Paxton Board of Directors will review the four proposed concepts and recommend one to the Sitka Assembly at its next meeting, 3 p.m. June 22nd in Harrigan Centennial Hall. You can find a link to all project information and send a public comment on our website, kcaw.org. The Sitka Music Festival kicked off its 2023 season with an informal concert on Wednesday. Artistic director Zuel Bailey, joined by members of Miami's New World Symphony, played pieces ranging from Mozart to Frederick Tillis for an audience at a local pizza joint. As KCAW's Meredith Reddick reports, the 52nd season promises a month of chamber music in venues across Sitka. Illuminated by a green spotlight on the dimly lit stage of the Mean Queen, cellist and festival artistic director Zul Bailey tells the story of his new bow to an audience of Sitkins eating pizza and wings. This bow was built, or the, the maker lived during Beethoven's lifetime. So it's spectacular man, and made by a man named um, Grand Adam. With that, he launches into Bach's first cello suite. The Sitka Music Festival is celebrating its 52nd year. The festival brings performers to the island for four weeks of chamber music performances. These range from formal concerts to pieces played from the porch of Stevenson Hall on the former Sheldon Jackson campus. After the cello suite, four musicians from Miami's New World Symphony take the stage to perform a sampling of what audiences can expect from the rest of the festival. Just kind of a a tapas menu. Uh, musically speaking, of the things to come. It's to, to get people sonically ready for all the wonderful things that we will have over the weekend. On the menu tonight, in addition to Beethoven and Mozart, the quartet offers up pieces from Argentinian composer Astor Piazzolla and American composer Frederick Tillis. Violinist Christina Choi introduces the Tillis piece, Spiritual Fantasy Number no. 12, which incorporates elements of folk, jazz, and gospel. It's rhythmically very driving. It's 
good practice for us in counting to seven, which is harder than you might think. <laughs> and it's a groovy little thing, so we hope you enjoy it. The quartet, which also includes violinist Minglong Lu, violist Kamala Berg, and cellist David Olson, will play together throughout the festival. The Wednesday night concert launched a lineup of performances that will go through the month of June in Sitka. In addition to weekly informal concerts, there are larger formal concerts each weekend. There's also a classical brunch, a family concert, a cruise, and a crab feed on the docket. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Meredith Reddick. Homer thought its possum problem was over last week when a police officer grabbed Grubby, but now biologists say the female fugitive's litter is on the lamb. Jason Harriman with the Department of Fish and Game says Grubby's son was captured alive near Homer City Hall last Thursday. Another young possum has been sighted in town, and Harriman says more are likely to be at large. Possums typically have litter size of, say, 8 to 9 They've been known to have as many as 13. So there's probably a few individuals out there that we're trying to track down. Possums don't live in Alaska, making Grubby and her babies an invasive species. It wasn't known that Grubby had given birth until recently. She was thought to be solo when she showed up in Alaska in March after hitching a ride in a shipping container from Washington State, and she caused quite a stir. Fish and Game wanted her caught. It took almost two months, but eventually police corralled her into a garbage can and she was sent to the Alaska Zoo in Anchorage. Then people in Homer started spotting her babies. Harriman says the one caught on Thursday appears to be three or four months old, which means Grubby likely arrived in Alaska pregnant. These guys are uh, to the size and, and age where they should be able to make it on their own just fine, particularly with the conditions we have in Homer and uh where they're at in town. Harriman said the young possums pose the same concerns that Grubby herself did, ranging from spreading infectious diseases to eating eating indigenous animals. He's worried about them multiplying. There's plenty of food sources for them. The, the weather's warm, so unfortunately that gives them a good chance of uh, getting a foothold um, and establishing a population if we don't uh, manage to track all these guys down pretty quick. Homer's Animal Shelter has urged pet owners to keep animals indoors during the live trapping efforts to capture the young possums. Homer police are asking residents to report if they see any grubby offspring and say the animals will have a home after they're captured. I'm Robert Woolsey, and this has been Raven News.